When a songwriter writes a song, whether it's music only or words and lyrics, you are the immediate owner of that copyright. In the U.S., you don't get protection from that copyright until you file. But either way, you are the owner of that copyright and you are the music publisher of that copyright until you decide to do something, if you decide to do something with that publishing. Today, we're going to talk about what exactly music publishing is and what it means to be your own publisher and what it means to assign that to someone else. You ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to the License Your Music podcast, where I'm here to give you all the tools you need to license your music for film, TV, ads, trailers, video games, and more so that you can earn passive income and obtain creative freedom. I'm your host, Jody Friedman. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. If you haven't been by our site at licenseyourmusic.com, I've got a free guide on there now called How to Get Your Music Heard by Music Supervisors. There are five steps in this guide. If you come by the site, licenseyourmusic.com, you can grab that guide. It's my gift to you, a way to say thanks for tuning in and listening to my podcast. Today, we're gonna talk about music publishing, one of my favorite subjects. I first fell in love with this concept of music publishing when I was a singer-songwriter living in New York, not really knowing what the business was all about. And I learned very quickly after I did my first license to CNN, I learned what music publishing was because I went to the library uh, where I worked at Time Warner Center. There was a Borders bookstore. So on my breaks, I would go to Borders and I would just read and read and read about the music business. And there was one area of the business that really fascinated me, and that was music publishing. And what fascinated me most about it was that it was all about the song. And if you don't know me, if you haven't heard my story, um, I am first a songwriter. Uh, from a very young age, I started writing songs and fell in love with songwriting. I'm, you know, some of my, my main influences would be, uh, as far as songwriting goes, would be Paul McCartney, uh, John Lennon, Harry Chapin, um, James Taylor, Paul Simon, kind of these, the, uh, even Sarah McLaughlin, uh, Dave Matthews, Counting Crows, you know, evolving more into modern times in the 90s and whatnot. But, you know, these, these singer-songwriters that just, you know, wrote these amazingly well-crafted songs. I fell in love with that idea at a young age. And when I learned that there was a business all about the song, it just was eye-opening. And I thought, that's what I want to do. I love songs and I want to learn how to make money from songs so that I can have a, a life and a career fulfilled by music and by songs. And I've been able to do just that. And early on in my journey, I learned about what publishing was. So when you write a song, as I mentioned earlier, when you write a song, you sit down to write that song. It's you. Let's just let's use an example where it's just you. You're in your bedroom or in your studio. You're sitting down at the piano or guitar and you write a song from start to finish. Assuming you're not copying someone else's work, let's just assume you're not because we don't want to do that. It's completely original and that means it belongs to you. It belongs to you. Nobody else has the copyright to that song but you. And the copyright literally means the right to make copies. You do not get copyright protection and the protections that 
the laws, the copyright law affords you until you file that copyright with the Library of Congress in the U.S. I wish I knew what it was in other territories around the world. Maybe that's something for another episode to find out how it works, maybe starting in the UK, because I know we get a lot of listeners from the UK. So apologies if you're listening from abroad, but I'm, I'm specifically talking about the US copyright law as that's what I know the best. Uh, so you file for copyright protection by going on the Library of Congress's website. It's electronic now, you can log in. It wasn't always, it used to be you had to mail a CD and probably before that it was a tape and who knows what before that, maybe a record or whatever form it came in and a list of songs. Nowadays, you don't even have to do that. You just go online, you pay a fee, you register all the info and it's done. You have, you have to pay that fee. And that's the thing that I think most people get hung up on is paying the fee. I believe it's $55, some, sometimes it might be 35, but I think it's $55 to file. The main benefit you get from filing is that copyright protection. What that means is if somebody infringes on your work, let's say you've filed the copyright, you land it in a sink, which means you get it licensed in a, let's say a TV show or a trailer, someone hears it and, and someone somewhere hears it and says, huh, I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to infringe that. I'm going to copy that. Um, I, I, I imagine there are people out there that do that. Uh, so let's say that happens and then you catch wind of this other person who get, they get a placement for it and they say, that's, that's my song. And you know, that's not clearly a hundred percent note for note. That is your song. If you have filed your copyright, you can take that person to federal court and you can seek out up to $150 per infringement plus legal fees. If they infringed your work. Now, the burden of proof is always going to be on you. You have to prove that this happened. You have to prove that they, they posted it after you had released your work. You have to prove that they had some sort of access to it, which is pretty easy nowadays with the internet. Everybody has, has access to Spotify or YouTube, but the burden of proof is on you to prove that this person, this individual infringed your, your uh, copyright. So you will need to hire an attorney to do that should you ever have to go through that. Hopefully you won't because it becomes very costly and uh, it's just not a fun experience to, to deal with. So, But that's what the copyright protection gives you. It gives you that statutory rate up to $150,000 as of today, March 29th, 2021. Uh, per infringement. Now that means if they infringed on your record too, if they sampled your your sound recording, that's two infringements. That's 150,000 up to 150,000 for your composition and up to 150,000 for your sound recording. If you can prove they infringed both, if they sampled your recording or just claimed it, straight up claimed it as theirs. If you do not file for copyright protection, you still can pursue action against these individuals. You can hire an attorney, you can pursue them, you can try to settle out of court, you can go to court, but you're gonna be afforded uh, much less. There's no statutory rate you can go after, and you also can't go after legal fees. You won't be reimbursed for those legal fees if the infringement occurred. So super important to file those copyrights. And one of the questions I get asked a lot is, well, what if I have a library and I have hundreds and hundreds of songs? I can't afford $55 per song when I have you know, thousands of songs. That's going to get too much, too expensive. And I completely agree. And I understand that. What most libraries do uh, that I've spoken with and what I've done too for my own library 
is I will file a compilation as a copyright filing, let's say for 10 songs. So then instead of paying 55 for one song, you're paying 55 for 10 and you get the same protection for those 10 songs. Now, the only difference is if an infringement occurs for any one of those songs, you can only get up to 150,000. So let's say someone took that whole album and infringed on all 10 songs. You can't go after them for 1.5 million. You can still only go back, go after them for 150,000. So that's, uh, that's the difference when you go that way, but still it's, it's very cost effective. It's a way to, to save from going broke when you're building a library. Okay, so why did I start with that? We're talking about publishing and copyright is at, at publishing's core is the copyright for the song. So part of being a publisher is understanding that what you've created is a piece of intellectual property. It is a copyright that you can then exploit, which is one of the main jobs of a publisher. Most publishers, some publishers also administer, and that's, that's, there's some publishers that that's all they do. Um, so, you know, part of being a publisher, there's exploitation, administration, which means handling all the paperwork and chasing down the pennies. And that really is what publishing it is. It's a business of pennies and the pennies build up and build up and build up. But anyone listening who has received your, any royalty statements from ASCAP or BMI or CSAC or PRS for UK or GEMA or wherever, you're gonna see that there are some usages on there where you're getting less than a penny. Some In some cases it's you know one-tenth of a penny. Uh, but other times it's two cents, three cents, 17 cents, 15 cents, $1. You know, it bounces around quite a bit based, based on the usage. If you get a, a royalty rate and you see something on your performance statement that's $100 or higher, that is a very, very good royalty. Of course, if you see it in the thousands, that's extremely good. But really, when you get up to the hundreds, if you get one use and you're getting $150 for one use, in royalties, that's very good. And knowing that that's something you'll get forever, as long as those royalties exist, um, that that's something that you just want to be aware of. Don't be discouraged when you think, oh, why isn't it in the thousands? $100 and on a royalty statement is good because it is a business of pennies. I'm, I'm happy to see anything on my royalty statement. I scroll past all the penny penny ones and look for the higher figures because that's, that's a good way to calculate kind of where you're at as a publisher and as a songwriter, if you're if you're self-published, and uh, yeah, so I look at those high ones as indicators for where I'm at and how I'm growing, and I think that that you should do the same. Uh, so being a publisher, you administer your rights. You're responsible for, responsible for exploiting the rights to your song. So exploiting the song that means getting it out there, distributing it, marketing it, promoting it trying to get it to make money. And of course, negotiating when it comes time, you're responsible for your own contracts. That's the administration, exploitation, marketing. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm forgetting something, but it's, it's all mostly tied to that. It's, it's monetization of a song and administering everything around that song. So when you distribute it, whether it's through DistroKid or CD Baby or TuneCore or wherever, you are your own publisher, you are distributing that song, and you have to input all the information, the writer's info, the IPI number, uh, the pub info, the IPI number, the genre, the subgenre, all that metadata. It's your job as a publisher to keep track of that. And it's similar on the label side. It's similar. We're not going to go too deep into that today, but it's similar. It's just tied to the, to the master instead of the song. And there's other things that, that come on the label side too. 
But uh, so mainly you're managing the song's income. And for the song's income, you're looking at public performance uh, royalties. Now, nowadays, you're looking at the MLC, the Mechanical Licensing Collective. You're looking at mechanical licenses through Harry Fox. So you want to register your songs with Harry Fox to make sure that you can collect those mechanicals. And let's talk for a minute there about what mechanicals are. Mechanical license fees occur every time an artist covers your song, records your song on a record, and they release it to the public. They owe you as the publisher, if you're the sole publisher, 9.1 cents, which is the statutory rate per sale. So if they sell it for a dollar or $1.29, they owe you 9.1 cents per sale. So if you if a, a, an artist goes platinum, which means they sell a million copies, you're getting $91,000 as the publisher of that song. That's 9.1 cents times a million. So that com- comes through Harry Fox, the Harry Fox agency. Usually it comes through Harry Fox. Some uh, publishers don't use Harry Fox and they only issue mechanical licenses directly because they're not too uh, fond of Harry Fox and the way they operate and... Um, you know, their percentage, their commission, which I I believe is 4% last I checked, but I'm not sure about that these days. I haven't checked in a while, but basically Harry Fox, what they do is they administer those mechanical licenses on behalf of publishers. So anybody, any artist, if you want to cover a Beatles song or uh, a Neil Young song or anything, really a Beyonce song, you go to Harry Fox through a system called Songfile and you pay a fee, I believe it's $25 per song. And they will file, you you tell them how much you want to distribute, how many you anticipate selling. You could start with a thousand and then you pay, you know, $91, 9.1 cents times a thousand. You pay it for, for the, um, for the license. I think I did that math, right? Hopefully I did that math, right? I might be wrong. It might be $9 and 10 cents. Regardless, uh, you pay that through Harry Fox. They send it along to the publisher and you immediately have a mechanical license, which says that you can make mechanical reproductions. I want to I want to pause on that and I want you to think about that mechanical reproductions. This is where the term mechanical license originated. That term can sound confusing. It is about mechanical reproductions. So imagine if you will a printing press where they printed mechanical copies of CDs or records uh, or even DVDs. You can picture DVDs. Those are mechanical copies of products of records. And so when you're issuing a mechanical license as a publisher, you're saying to that record label, which could be an artist, you're allowed to make copies of my song. And you, however, need to pay me for each reproduction of that song. And it's going to be X amount based on the statutory rate in the U.S., Library of Congress. I don't know what it is outside the the U.S., but in the U.S., it's 9.1 cents. If the song is under, I believe it's four and a half minutes, over that, it jumps up to a little higher than 9.1 cents. It might be 9.75. It might be 10 point something, but it jumps up a bit. Usually songs aren't longer than five minutes. So, but it does vary. If it is longer than five minutes, or I believe it's longer than maybe even 4.30, um, you can go check that on the Harry Fox website. Actually, you can go check that out and see what they say about those exact numbers. So now hopefully you understand what a mechanical license is. And as it pertains to sync, Mechanical fees don't really happen in the U.S., but outside the U.S., mechanical fees do happen. In fact, in the U.K. in particular, there is a society 
called MCPS, which is solely focused on collecting mechanicals for songwriters and publishers. And they do that even when something airs on a, a TV show or a film, when it's mechanically reproduced onto a DVD or there's a copy made and it's distributed, they're collecting mechanical license fees and distributing that. In the US, we don't really have a system that does that. The MLC, which is the Mechanical Licensing Collective, is a bit new and um, they are collecting mechanicals from the DSPs, Spotify, Amazon, uh, Apple Music, and distributing them to songwriters and publishers. So if you're not signed up for MLC, go sign up. And if you're not on Harry Fox, uh, go sign up as a label or a publisher. You can sign up as both. And yeah, that's part of you know what a publisher do does. And part of my job as a publisher is to keep my finger on the pulse of all these things so I can be properly administering my catalog and the rights for my writers. And that's a big part of being a publisher when you're publishing other writers it's then that much more involved. So you may be listening to this and thinking, man, I don't want to be my own publisher. That, that just sounds like so much work. And you would be absolutely right. It is a lot of work. And you definitely have to give up a bit of your own writing time to dedicate the time necessary to manage a catalog. What some publishers do is they partner with an administrator, an administrator, and that administrator takes anywhere from 10 to 15% to just administer the rights and collect for that publisher. And they, you know, they give up those rights to that administrator to do that for them. So that's always an option. The downside of that is when it comes to sync and licensing, you can't paper the deals yourself. However, all you have to do is say, hey, thanks so much for your interest in licensing my song. Here's my administrator, they'll paper the deal for me. And you can tell your administrator, please make this deal happen for me, I'm good with it. So I think that it's important to understand that um, there's a lot that goes into being a publisher. So when you do when you do get to the point where you're assigning your publishing to somebody or you're, you're offered a single song publishing contract or a contract for an album and that publisher's asking for your publishing, you want to it's important you understand that there's a lot of work that they're going to be doing. So if all you do and all you want to do is create and write that's amazing. That is an amazing thing. And you can dedicate your, your time and your mental energy on that and really hone your craft. In fact, if I could go back and change one thing, I might even do that. I might even have gone back and really just hone my writing craft. But I fell in love with the business and the, and the publishing side. So I went down that path. Um, but if you don't want to do that, you can focus all your energy on your writing and then you can assign that publishing, that 50% of, of what you make to a publisher, because what they're going to do is going to take so much more work, so much more effort than it does to write a song. It doesn't mean that they could write a song, but it also doesn't mean you could do their job. So that's why publishing publishers and songwriters, I've always felt they should be 50-50. They should be in balance. There's probably somebody listening to this that completely disagrees and thinks, no, 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 publishers should get 20% or 25%. But it, it's just like um, a marriage, you know, in a marriage, it's got to be equal, give and take, give and take. And the publisher has their, their hands full. They have a lot of work to do to build relationships, to garner that business for you, to administer those rights, to chase those pennies, to do the contracts. There's so much to it. You, you, you really have no idea what, what's involved and how deep it goes. I'm, I'm just scratching the surface with this conversation 
just metadata alone, which I think I think I'm going to do a a masterclass on metadata if I haven't done it yet. If you're listening to this, uh, come by licenseyourmusic.com. Make sure you get on my list so you can be made aware of when I update courses and do new courses and masterclasses or events. I might even make an event out of it um, because I think a lot of people really don't understand the extent of metadata. They think they do, but they don't. And uh, I think that part of what I could do is teach you what that is exactly. So you are immediately your own publisher. You can choose to act like a publisher, which means you're, you yourself are exploiting your song. You're marketing it. You're administering it. You're, you're registering it everywhere around the world in 20 to 30 different places and making sure it's collecting everything it should be collecting. Or you can assign those rights to a publisher. Music publishing is all about the song. I just love that. I hope you you understand that passion now too. And if you're interested in learning more, make sure you come by my site at licenseyourmusic.com. Grab your free guide on how to get your music heard by music supervisors. Uh, if that's not up right now, it could be another guide because at some point I'm gonna switch that out with something else. And I'm always releasing new free content. So please come by, follow us on social media at License Your Music on Instagram and Facebook. We're on there at License Your Music with Jody Friedman. And just thank you. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music, please leave us a review. Give us five stars if you think it was it was educational. If you learned something today, uh, let me know in the comments. I so appreciate it. You guys hang in there. Keep plugging away. Get towards licensing your music. I'll be here to help you do it. Thanks for listening. Stay cool. Peace.